Looking to create wealth and income through high cash flowing real estate? Self-storage is the fastest growing and the newest real estate asset that has outperformed all others. What's its secret? I'm AJ Osborne, and with over a million square feet that we have built, acquired, expanded, and even converted big box stores from small third tier markets to large hundred plus thousand square foot facilities, we have seen it all. This is the podcast that we're going to discuss and bring on the best investors and operators in the nation to show you how to create wealth and income with self-storage. Welcome to Self-Storage Income. Welcome, everybody, to Self-Storage Income, and today is going to be fun, at least for me, because uh, I get to talk about like my favorite thing, and that's building empires. We talked about the last podcast. We talked about getting started like from scratch, like you have no money, you're not sure how to go about it, and today we get to talk about building the empire. Like going the next level, the next stuff level, that like dude. the the dreaming stuff, right? The stuff of oh man, how am I going to scale? And you know, it just that's always always been the fun stuff for me. I've always just thought it's so cool and looking at the difference as opposed to just even getting one or two properties. But how did these people accrue these huge portfolios? Like mm-hmm. how did they do that? Right? How did they get from A to B? Right? It, it's just. A to B, that's a really short distance, but uh, A to Z is uh, a little further wrong. But, uh, <laughs> well, you know, you, gotta, you, you get steps. two. Exactly. Steps. You get to Z by going to B. Exactly. Uh-huh. One at a time. We're, we're making a metaphor uh, lesson out of this here. So uh, after B is C. Yeah, dude, that's um, deep. That's deep. <laughs> so, um, but, you know, it even, even at uh, our stage where we're doing developments and acquisitions all over the state we've got all right 13 14 very large facilities we sold off uh, all the smaller ones our average is like 95,000 square feet now and i'm always even looking up at all these bigger players and there's lots of them and just thinking man like okay what do we need to do next to get to there so we're going to share what scale looks like and and a lot of this stuff we're we're right in the middle of so it's actually a good time to be talking about the stuff scaling yeah. up because man it's being, and we're taking over the rest of our office we're building out because we need we need 13 more offices and we're going to fill those up like <laughs> fast so <laughs> get more cubicles in yeah. it's just it's crazy right now no it's insane yeah we're growing like crazy um yeah, no, we're like, oh yeah, that 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 office layout. When we build a new one, it's going to look great. It's going to work perfect. And we're like, wait a second, we're already building for our current demand. Like we got to like <laughs> we got more. Get we plan- need more space. <laughs> like plan ahead. So yeah, went back to the drawing board. Now we have more. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that'll hold us for a couple days. Yeah, at least. exactly. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's really exciting, and I'm I'm really excited to jump into this too because. Like you said, AJ, this is a perfect perfect time as we're going through these growing pains and doing this transition from, you know, being more of a we're using our own capital and doing these other things, and there's only a few of us or whatever, to really truly building the company, building out the private equity side, and raising funds, working with investors, all these different things that go along with that scalability and, and why. 
uh, we made that choice to go that direction. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's a lot of really cool things going on. And I know I've learned a lot over the past year, year and a half, just in regard as we've been building this out. And uh, it's been exciting. So I'm, I'm happy to jump in on uh, all this stuff and share everything that we got going on. And you know, um, before we dive really into putting all these puzzle pieces together, I got another really awesome uh, announcement. I've been waiting to announce this for a while. So now we get to roll it out. Um, we are having our self-storage income in-person event. Now, this is going to be a large event. It is being uh, sponsored and put on by Store Local with us. It is in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, uh, up in the mountains on the lake at the large resort there. Um, it is a beautiful, beautiful location. We will have everything from sunset cruises to world-class golf. Um, but most important of all, we are going to have a world-class self-storage event. It is going to be top of the industry, unlike the Vegas events, which are, are great, but we are going to have specialty speakers. It's going to be working with a much smaller group, um, and not that small. I mean, we're talking 250 people, but it's, you know, you need to get in reserve your seat. We are going to be careful on how many we take and the participation and how that looks. Because one of the biggest things is, is we want people to work and collaborate, right? Mm -hmm. um, we already have, well, the largest um, owner, privately held company in the world is coming. He's going to be there and speaking um, to us. That's uh, He's backed uh, by Bill Gates and the Walmart family and talked to us about that. We have some high level, uh, not just attendees, but speakers. We're going to roll out a lot more of this, but I just, I'm so excited because I really want to get a community built around this, but two, I, I want to host an event in self-storage that is open to beginners, to big guys, where we're all sitting down at the same table in a I don't even know, like not a corporate environment, right? Yeah. Not these just big, massive conventions where there's mm -hmm. thousands of people and you're just looking around and people are all over in the hallways. And I wanted it to be more intimate. I wanted to be able to go out and we do our sunset dinner and we have little final speakers and we're doing, you know, you're sitting side by side and, and you're getting to know, you're building long, lifelong relationships because those kind of things have been game changer for me. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how I got involved in our tech company. That's how I met all of these people that brought us to the next level. And it was those tools that I've used to build our empire and continue to build it. So the value for me and what we've created cannot be understated. Um, I, uh, I always say this, but success doesn't happen on an island, people. It just doesn't. And when you're talking about building anything great, you need all the help you can get. And this event is it, it's it. It's going to be next level. I'm I'm really, really, really excited about it. Uh, okay. The dates. I, mean, I know I'm excited. I should probably get down to the dates here. Uh, <laughs> the details. That's right. The September 28th <laughs> through October 1st of this year. 2021. 2021. We are offering um, a discount for early registers. 
So you got to do it. You can go to self-storage income and uh, we're putting it, the site up now. Uh, there's a self-storage income forward slash events and it's that save the date thing, but you can email us directly on that to start getting on the list. This I'm rolling this out to the podcast first and foremost, and to some of my followers on social media, we're not advertising it or anything even yet. But those fill as soon as those um, slots fill up, uh, we're going to full price. But it's important to know that the 28th is actually reserved for the inner circle members. So my inner circle members, we're going up there and we're actually going through deals that I have up there. So we're going to go site tours. We're looking at expansions, new builds that we've done. Um, we're meeting operations people. Uh, that's a really, that that whole entire day basically is reserved for them. Then I'm taking them and we're doing a special uh, large operator dinner and thing that night. So the main event will start that next morning on the 29th and it will end um, uh, with our large event on the world-class golf course. This is the place that has the floating green. You've probably seen it. You, you literally there's a green out in the lake that you shoot it. And then you take a boat out to it to finish putting. It's awesome. Oh, that's uh, legit. But, yeah. and then it ends that Friday. If you'd like to stay over to play up in the mountains or on the lakes or whatever, you, you can schedule that all, but more details to come, but we get to tell, tell our self storage income nation here first and get in. You got to reserve your spots. Everybody. Once again, we're not get, this isn't going to be a huge event store local, will allow, we have certain segmented uh, seats for the store local members. So if you're a store local member, you get it. Obviously, my inner circle members, they all get in. Um, they don't pay and they, they have their seats reserved. But store local takes part of that, the, those seats for people. Mm -hmm. So we maybe have 100, I think we're maybe 100 and 130 just open seats to give out to to people. Um, so get in there quick, get in there first. We're going to start marketing in the next month. So uh, yeah, everybody get that listens, it. get after it. So with that said, guys, I'm really, really excited about that. I'm excited to see everybody, to shake hands, to meet you guys, spend time. Um, I, I like that stuff. I'm kind of a social person. I like to talk. I like to do it. So this, this is really exciting for me. And two, um, with, you know, with COVID and everything that's gone down and how isolated everybody's been, it's time for everybody to really get together. And uh, we're excited about it. Heck yeah, man. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be epic. Yes, it will. All right. So now let's get on to the storage stuff. The goods. Uh, the goods. And, and two, you know, interesting, most of these most of what we're going to talk about in this this the subject matter it, it, we're talking storage but a lot of the stuff is is true to scaling real estate period it, it just doesn't you know it, it really doesn't matter and what i want to talk about first is um well I, I guess we could talk about strategy different things there's a lot of ways that you can go and i i don't want to dive too deep in the weeds of exact strategies. Mm -hmm. the, the reason yeah. being is that can change for everybody. For sure. So how you identify your strategy requires a lot about your opportunities that you have, where you can get started, how you can, your education and background. And we've talked a lot about this on the podcast, mm -hmm. how to get started. Our and last what, one. Like, and what you want to do. And what you want to yeah. do. Like exactly. Do exactly. But scaling will always involve some things. And when you're looking at storage, first of all, 
you need to decide, are you using your money? Are you using other people's money? How fast do you want to scale? Right? So I took basically 15 years for me and my partners to build what we had on our own. Um, I will double that probably in the next 24 months, honestly. Um, and the major difference is, is, is twofold. First of all, I had a base to build from, and that's what I was really waiting for. But I'm using other people's money right now. Now, when you're starting out, though, in order to scale, you need to have um, the infrastructure to scale on. And that's important. I see a lot of companies basically implode because they try to go too fast and they fail on the execution. So execution is everything, right? You need to be able to identify, get under contract, close, manage, right? And run that facility effectively, whether you're turning them around, it doesn't matter what you do. So on all these parts, deal flow, right? When I started, it was one off. Now we have to create consistent deal flow. You need to merge into that position. You need to build relationships. Like we're talking about, once again, save the day. Most of our facilities come from relationships we have. I'm looking at doing a large development right now from one of our podcast listeners that literally called us up and said, hey, I got the trade deal. I'm like, okay, great. We talked to him, everything. And now we're we're all buzzing around. Literally, Brian, who's heads up our acquisitions, we were just talking about it. And mm-hmm. he's, he's got all these documents and we're putting it under contract to do. Um, so these relationships um, with brokers, right? It's creating this deal flow. Now, this takes time. And if you want to scale, that has to be a sustainable thing. It can't be one-off and it can't also be um, it can't just be left up to the the world, right? It can't be left up to chance. So you need to build build in systems in place to consistently get deal flow, um, off market, on market, um, and relationships. We talk about those three things. We talk about being the bear, right? Mm-hmm. Making sure that deals are constantly coming to you. So as you start to build. You need to be building for the future and finding out and building relationships that pay off in 10 years. And, and everything that you do, you should build for, for a decade or more. I just I, I absolutely believe this. I, I, you don't hire people if you you don't hire people for less than 10 years. You don't build relationships with people that aren't going to be in the game. Mm-hmm. right? If I'm spending time and they're going to be inserted in my business and I don't think they're going to be around in 10 years, I'm not wasting my time with it. The amount of energy and time it takes you to build something great, knowledge, right, anything, it, it, it takes a lot of time and it needs a lot of help. And if you're going to build something big and great, you need that foundation to be very strong. Now, when you're starting out, you may not see the end, right? I didn't. I didn't. That's fine. But you need to, you need to look out past, I need to have sustainable things. Because when you have that mindset, that's going to change how you execute. So for me, I said, listen, if I want to have a portfolio, right, not a one-off property, I need to have velocity of my capital. So I need to find really underperforming deals so I can turn them around, refinance, and put that capital to work. Then I thought, okay, now... I need to figure out how to find these under uh, underperforming deals. Then I got to find out how do I turn around these fast and how do I really get this revenue up? And that was like my sole focus, right? Because I didn't have investors money. The only money I was going to get was what I could yield out of that property. So super high yield 
was the name of the game for me. I mean, I, the amount of properties that I've turned down and overlooked, it's just, I, I needed home runs. <laughs> yeah. And then I needed to figure out how to make that sustainable. Then I needed, you know, all these things. So the point being, though, is I was developing a strategy while I was doing it. I Because my needs were, my needs were, I needed to get large yield. I also needed to refinance and get it out. I said, I can't trust other people. And I didn't have, so when we started out, we were buying lower, like small facilities in small towns. So there were no good third-party management. So what did I need then? I had to build it to get the yield and the return that I wanted. So as I started to move along, I was doing things not for the short term. That meant all my money that was coming out of my property was going straight to build a management company. It was funny. My partner, my dad, we were literally just talking about this yesterday. We were sitting here and I, you know, I posted on Twitter a chart of our growth. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about it and we were realizing the first time I took a salary out of the company was after I got paralyzed. Mm. Because I had to because I got fired from my job. And then <laughs> he, t- he didn't take one out till the next year. He was still working wow. at the same company that we were, we were both working at. So, um, and how many years up until that point was were you guys doing all that? A decade. Yeah. And at least. And the reason being was because we weren't, bu- I was building, we were building for something much greater. Once again, I'm not saying that's how you do it. That's not what I'm saying here. And I'm not saying you need to sacrifice for a decade. I'm not saying that. No, it's just what you did. What we did. Yeah. And why I did it was I wanted to build a billion-dollar company, and I needed to internalize all these methods to execute at that level. And so I had to really understand it. Then I had to, when we started out, I'm like, well, in order for this to happen, we need managers that can execute. Okay, we got to start doing manager trainings. Now I need to create processes and systems. Now, this is in order to build a portfolio, and in order to build an empire, you have to understand that everything has to be systematized. You ha- you can't be doing everything. You have to get rid of bottlenecks and you need to have reoccurring results. You need to have processes that have results. Now, this may surprise you, but I'm not terribly great at little details. And so... Uh, <laughs> When I, I knew how I wanted everything done, right, and I knew how everything should happen organizationally, I knew what the managers need to do, we were reading books, and I was going and touring facilities, and we were getting mentors, and I was hiring third parties to give me feasibility studies, and, and so we hired someone that was very detailed and very process-oriented. It was Sarah. Um, and we brought her in, and I I just, I literally made videos, and I sat her down, and I'm like, compile all this into a handbook. Our handbook was our strategy. Mm-hmm. It's not just, oh, you do this and this is. No, it's you do this because of this, and this is how. Because we're trying to get the yield. So all of a sudden, we're doing all this work for years, building out this foundation that could scale. Now, if you're not doing that and you're like, that's not good, I need to shorten that up, okay, well, then you probably need to look at markets that have exceptional third-party managers and you need investors' capital, right? That's not the way that I went, but that's a way that a lot of people go. So understanding division. Now, if you're saying my end goal, right, is I don't want to be managing anything. I don't want to handle employees. I don't want to do anything like that, but I still want to grow big and scale. That's what I was talking about. And No matter how you look at that, though, everything has to be done in processes. If you want the deal flow, how are you going to get it? How are you going to 
what are the things that every single day are going to be working in your favor? What are the things? And then how do you automate? So this was another thing at scale. You have to be really good about hiring the right people, having the right processes and system in place to achieve the desired result. So we'd try things and it wouldn't work and we'd switch them. We've reviewed and added to our books. We created training videos. Um, and I we still with, do. We to, still do. Today. And we always I mean, will. Yeah. And we, we are not afraid to try and do new things. If you want to grow and be really big, you have to be able to do that. And if you want the market, you need to start thinking about complex problems. And that was something I think that separated us is because it was our money I'd take on things that I'm like, I think I could pull that off. And I think I could do that. And we take it on. Mm -hmm. um, now, after we did it, we'd screw up in some ways and we'd make things work. It's those feedback loops that become important at scale. Lots of times what happens is in the feedback loop, people don't close it off. So they never go back and they never write policy for it. They never make procedures, right? And I see this all the time. I'll see guys with five properties they're just like, I'm burning up and we just can't, you know, I don't know how this is going and everything. I'm like, well, you, you have no system. Your companies are yeah. just ad hoc. You're just getting <laughs> calls from thing, your managers and you're just doing exactly. <laughs> it's the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Um, this is about uh, creating this base that can scale. So you need to hire, automate, or get rid of. Those are my three things to scale. Hire, automate, or get rid of. When you're looking at a system in your company that is either a bottleneck or highly important to achieve a desired result, in order for you to achieve at scale, you can't do all those things. So those processes need to be uh, hired out, and then the result of the process is dependent on the person you hired. Or there's other ones that need to be done at mass, right? And that is where software comes in, right? And when we started out, we didn't, you know, have enough money to have fancy revenue um, modelers and we didn't have dynamic pricing. So we were doing it manually. Mm. And that was, you know, my CFO, Sam, you know. I bet he, he really enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. It was like, <laughs> and so we had people in here that were, it, it just it required a lot of work. Um, because they were, it was super expensive, but then we bought it, right. And we could automate that system. Um, so now all of a sudden we have people, we have a training program. We started out with one facility. We're doing it all. Then we get higher people. We train them on how to do those things that we were doing. But then you have the next stage of that, of that process, which is quality control. Now you have to have a framework in which things need to be executed and which things need to be done. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so for us, we said, okay, we have our framework and our framework is run, checked up and done by our executives. So then we started pulling people that would help us work on the machine, like Connor, who's sitting right here. We have our machine that's humming. We have our mode of operation. Now we have to make sure that we have high quality, very skilled people to make sure the machine keeps running in the way that we want it to every day and that the desired results are hired. Um, those people are 
outrageously important to the organization because the machine will stop working unless you have those kind of people. So this is like your second big management layer, right? Um, before we had those, though, it was all us. It was all us trying to figure it out. And that's all the base. That's all our, our work that we were doing on building out how we do what, why we do it, what happens when somebody moves out, how do we do revenant man management, all of it was done manual, we were trying to make it not manual. So then you have your key people that come in to help you execute this strategy, or our strategy, which was a value add strategy. Then we started testing out new things like development, which we started doing a lot more of, and now we're building out all systems and process that Connor's in the middle of, working on doing all that for developments and conversions. So then you expand your team, and your team needs to expand their um, their skill set and what they're good at, but it's the same mode. So when you look at, and I kind of showed Connor this the other day, I, I, I drew a box, and you have an X and Y axis, right? Um, and on here you have, uh, importance, right. And difficulty. And on that, as you go up and to the right and you get in that top right, right corner of that X and Y axis of importance and difficulty, that's where the key people need to live their life because these are very important things like decision-making. So if you have a process like we've been changing up and Connor's been changing up the way that we approve payments, okay? So all of payments being approved gets, you start drowning and you can't do it. So now we need a certain level of acceptability and what payments can and what can't and how we have an authorized payment system to do basic things or whatever the facility needs, right? Okay, well, you set that up because we need to automate and we also need to have the managers do certain ones of that, then above a certain level, right, that's when Connor needs to give the approval. So now we've just freed up a whole bunch of his time to do more through automation and hiring or putting people into that spot. But as you look up there, that's where he needs to do all the activities that are either high importance, right? So I think you have high importance, but very low difficulty. This is usually your range of automation, mm -hmm. right? This is like, think think of credit cards, right? Money is really, really important, but it was not very difficult to take five bucks from somebody, but it was still really important. So what did everybody do? We automated that whole entire system through credit cards from cash and everything else. Auto pay. Auto pay. Yeah. All that kind of stuff, right? So... That's where if you're there. But once you get into the really difficult things, you have things that may be really difficult, but not very important. So now you're at the other side of this chart. Those things usually require a lot of hands-on things. Think of either fixing things or buildings, more of the manual stuff. And you need skilled workers or laborers to do. Those are the things that we hire out or we have somebody in that monitor monitors to execute those things. Whether Conitor has the skill set in that or not doesn't matter. His, he's making sure that those things are done to completion, right? So that task that we've hired, automated, or got rid of is having that desired result. And as you grow, Connor keeps moving up and people come keep filling in as the items in your business are moving up to fill in those gaps, and so it, it, as you grow, the system of growth is always the same, right? We're figuring out what needs to be done at scale, and then we're building a system 
to run through it. And I like and then, how you brought up the the aspect of management and monitoring those tasks and those those responsibilities and those things that are getting done and need to get done, uh, because that's a, that's a key aspect as well. Where you're not only creating these systems and hiring and doing all that, you do have to have that quality assurance aspect to where yes. you have to be overseeing and looking and making sure that things are actually getting done the way they're supposed to be getting done. I think there's a saying I can't remember. I'm going to totally butcher it, but it, it goes something like you know the, the things that aren't being oversaw or managed aren't getting done. Yes. They're, they won't be yes. getting done. Um, and it's, it couldn't be more true. So, well, uh, and we do love that you mentioned that. We do. For, so, one of the ways that we have done through this, we use software to monitor it. Why don't you tell them about um, what we use to monitor and have have employees check up, do their today lists, and everything else like that? Yeah, yeah. So, we're not related to, to the company at all in any way or any of that kind of stuff. But the, the software that we use for project management for all the facilities right now is called Basecamp. And uh, it's, a, it's a project and task management software that uh, you guys can go and check out and, and utilize for your own stuff if you want. Um, but it's a good, it's a really good platform, helps to, helps you to keep things organized. And it allows your managers, it allows that autom- automation. And it also allows that ability to track what exactly is going on. It doesn't matter if it's on the administrative side, or it's on the maintenance side, whatever it is, you just train your employees your managers, how to use the system, what they need to be putting into the system as far as the details and what they need to be tracking, how they enter. So for us, let's just give a maintenance example. So if let's say there's a leaking roof or the gates banged up or not working, we have the managers go out, they take photos, they do a description, they give timestamps or whatever, they give, uh, they might even look at camera footage. Let's say it is a gate issue, the gate's all banged up, not working. Chances are somebody hit it again. Again. <laughs> so it's, uh, there, there's those processes that you set up for them to utilize that. And it's a really good, quick, easy way to just coordinate with a number of your facilities. We've, we've, we're using it for over 10 facilities now, and uh, it's, it's working great and easy to jump on there, see where things are at in process, give managers updates from your end, allow them to reach out to you for direction, so on and so forth. It's a really good platform. So that's, that's what we've been using. And uh, we also, on the, the Cedar Creek side, we use Monday as a task management and um, project management software to track all the deals that we've got coming in. And uh, again, we're not affiliated with Monday in any way, but uh, it seems to be a solid platform so far in our experience. We've really enjoyed it. And uh, again, you can create, uh, Monday is a lot more robust than Basecamp. Basecamp is very rudimentary, very, you, you create you know, a task and it's very just user friendly and uh, very, uh, I Done guess. right on your phone. It's very simple. Yeah, very that's simplistic. The goal. That's yeah, the goal. Yeah, which is great. Monday is very user friendly in all these aspects as well, but it's very much more robust in the aspect that you can create so many more different layouts as far as what you're looking at and how you want it structured. It's, it's honestly, it's almost like kind of building a drag and drop website for yourself yeah. as far as managing your projects. And uh, it, it, can, it could get a little confusing if you're not super tech savvy or whatever, but it's still usable. They've got a ton of tutorial videos that you guys can watch, but that's been great as well because we can go on, go in there, we can set up notifications and all kinds of things to where if somebody marks 
a certain task as complete, let's say we're going through due diligence on a certain facility or land or whatever it is that we're looking at, if somebody goes and marks a certain task complete, we all get notified, then that task immediately is updated and goes on to the next person or the next task, whatever that is, and also updates the percentage of completion that that project or task is at. So let's say it's at 50%, you know, you get your... Um, or say it's 90%, you get your CFO, you're 100%, you're done, you're, you're good to go. So uh, Basecamp and Monday, they've been really good tools for us to use uh, to manage those projects. is they organize, yep. right? But they also document. Mm-hmm. So anytime we can go back and see everything. Documentation's Documentation huge. is what scale is all about. So if I go into our, um, our app here and I look at base camp and I just go can click on literally any of our facilities um, and I click on it, there's a whole list of things that we have in there, right? We have to-dos, we have messages, we have check-ins, schedules, docs and files. You can click in there, you click into docs and files, daily audits, right? You have everything from quarterly orders, move-in documents, um, we have training videos, all that kind of stuff. Resources for Resources your managers. for that, the managers. Yeah. Um, but if you come in, the that's for the docs and files. But two, you have our to-dos, which we can set. And mm-hmm. then it shows on completion with notes and pictures, every one. So at any moment in time, I can click in here and I can look at what's happening at this facility in real time because they have day-to-day things that they need to be doing. Right. And then we have activity levels where they're messaging and the whole team sees it so they can come in and they have to give a follow up for the day. Right. So literally yesterday, six o'clock past due calls, reservation calls, inquiring calls were all completed within today. We have the uh, facility got all vacuumed in. We did our lock audit. We cleaned units and they state the units, all the ones that they were done. We got all of our overlocks complete ordered brand new mops because the uh, mops were broken. Um, We got all weeds taken care of around the front doors and building seven. And we swept up um, the mess that was left behind. We've uploaded all our paperwork to show that it was done, right? I'm going to get another one of those in 40 minutes, Mm -hmm. right? And if I look on here, we can say we got a credit back. We have, it, it just, it documents everything. This way we can manage no matter where you are, I'm seeing everything, right? Right. And you can click on there and you can attach individual people. But once again, we're organizing, Mm -hmm. we're documenting, and everyone's following the policies and procedures that are laid out within that we've put together. That's a huge aspect too, where all these tools are great, but if no one's using them correctly or the way that that you want them to, that's that's really important. You got to set that expectation and, and maintain, again, You've got to manage what you've put into place yes. and make sure that it's actually getting done the way it should be. Exactly. And so for us to require utilization, right, we have the check-ins, check-outs, we have the updates, and the to-do lists. So we can get in there and see where their to-do lists are at, where they're not. This doesn't – we don't need to be on site, right? And two, we understand all the expectations that have to be met at that facility. Now, on the counter, we have our other software, which is our property management system that we have, that we can see every day all the move-ins and move-outs. So then we can also take the move-ins, the move-outs, we can look at delinquents, and we can check the delinquent reports, okay? We can look over those 
based upon our activity and the manager's results. And you put the two together and you have an exact idea of what's happening at that facility. Well, we don't have to do anything. We just sit at our computer and we can see all of that. If we mm -hmm. want, we can log into the video cameras and look at the managers working and doing everything. Um, so they are executing the strategy. This is the bottom line. The other side of this is the deal acquisition. That was more on the management side. The acquisition side that um, that Connor mentioned, which is Monday, it's the same thing, right? So our acquisition specialist who's working with brokers, bringing stuff on, combined with the Cedar Creek team, which is all of us, we uh, all of us, all of us, Cedar Creek, we 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 have our uh, to dos and everything moving forward. So every week when we get together on Monday. Which is funny because that's actually what it's called Monday, and we yeah, get together on Monday. Our Monday meeting. <laughs> our Monday meeting. We can <laughs> to get go together over Monday <laughs> and say, "Hey, we uh, here's where we're at on our deal flow. Here's where we're at in, in investors' money. So we know as a deal's coming down the line, or we know when our acquisition specialist Brian, who's our our uh, executive on that end, on that he's communicating. Is this a development? Is this an acquisition that will be ready day one? And then he's working with our head of investors relations to know how much it needs to be funded. And then we see a process of pass off. Okay, that's going to be funded. And then Kaylee will take over. She'll fund it. And we have a software system to run that. From there, it's handed over to Connor for development or the management team. And there's a whole process in which they turn it over. Then we all go back to the acquisition side at the first. So it's handing things off and passing it smoothly. We all have the checklist. And we all can do it. That's how you do things at mass. Now, as we grow, there's more and more people to take on more and more of the volumes. But the systems and the processes are in place. We know what to look for. We know what we're measuring. We know how to do that. This, this was all... I, I hope this doesn't sound overly complicated. Um, you know, the the, it, the funny thing is, is, it it can be as complicated as you want it to be, but at the same time, it, there's a lot more moving pieces than even what it sounds like. Even with you going over that, where it's like oh, you know, things are passing hands and this and that. There's a because within each one of those individuals. I mean, you've got a list of things that that individual's doing yes. that they might even overlap a little bit with one of the other individuals mm -hmm. that you may or may not have on your team. Uh, I mean, you might be doing all of it. Um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of complexity to it, but it's certainly a lot less crazy and discombobulated if you didn't have a system. Well, and you two, I'm do not it. touching that. Right. Right. I don't touch any of those things, mm -hmm. right? So I have my, as we moved up, remember I talked about you hire, right? Um, you hire, automate, or get rid of the people that I hired, which was executing. Then they moved up, hired people under them. So right now I have my executives that they report to me. We have mm -hmm. my executives on the management side. And then I have the Cedar Creek executives, which they work and report directly to me. And they're reporting everything that comes up through them, and they take care of everything that needs to be taken care of, so I never even hear about it, mm -hmm. right? 90% of what Connor does, I don't hear about it, and I don't want to. <laughs> There's a lot of things where I'm like, if it might be a small win or it might be these little things, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm going to go – like, I want to go and tell you about it, but I'm like, 
Nah, you know what? I just I, he doesn't need that. <laughs> it's, it's fine. This, that's, that's why I'm here. That's why. I'm here. <laughs> and that's why those key people though are so important. Because yeah. and the the fact of the matter is, if I had to do it, we could never grow. Mm-hmm. Because my exactly. job is to make sure the ship grows. Right. Like I'm not going to use your time to tell you that. Like I mean. For these small things that you don't yeah. need to know. I mean, it just, it makes no sense. Yeah. They're executing on it. And this is where it comes in to understand who are the people on your team that are the ones that will be working on the structure versus in the structure. Mm-hmm. And when you start out, everybody's yeah. in it. Like, so when we had one, right. two, three facilities, even, it was just, everybody's in it. Every time there was a tenant problem, I was dealing with it, right? We're hearing about it. We're looking at it, money problems, collections. I'm going down to the facility. Why is this? And then that's, that becomes unsustainable super quickly. Oh yeah. And yeah, then it's like, sure. well, we either stop growing or we have to figure out why. And so now, right, that's a system in place. So once again, let's bring it back, bring it back here. Cause uh, this is a, 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 a lot of stuff. I just get excited because it's fun. Think about mm-hmm. how we did this and how yeah. we're moving forward. Um, new software, new stuff coming in that we can utilize as we grow and as, as we scale. Uh, the, my goal is once again, as I said, to we'll be doubling in the next um, 12 to 24 months. Uh, what took us 15 years prior. Mm-hmm. Uh, we couldn't do that unless we had an entire system supported. And now we have other things that we need to do. So at that kind of growth, what we found was it was super inefficient to be farming a lot of these activities out, legal, mm-hmm. architecture, stuff like that. We're like, we got to bring these things in house because we want to grow so fast that the outsourced people, they can't even handle it. No, they can't even handle what they got currently. Yeah. I mean, it's it's insane that the... the amount of time turnaround it takes to get plans done, to get them back, to go back and forth with contracts or this or that. I mean, it is a massive management task and undertaking to go through all these things if you don't have them in-house. And when you get to that stage and you're looking at it, not only from an efficiency standpoint, but from a cost-efficient standpoint, yeah. I, I mean, you're saving money yeah. bringing people bringing in people house. in. Yeah. And so- there, once again, the business isn't supporting it. So you either stop or you scale up and you grow. And really what happens is when you're looking at workload and you send like, oh, this sounds crazy and everything, it's about increase the, the decisions that need to be made become bigger. And I have to increase the quality of my time to be on the most important decisions and mm-hmm. be thinking about the most important things for the company. So all the things that are... Um, less what I, I look at it as an impact level, right? So we now have a company that has you know thousands and thousands of units, all these employees. When I when there is a, um, a problem with a tenant outside big ones, murder things like that, obviously. But for me to allocate time to that, the impact on that is one unit on one facility. If I took that time away from, you know creating an entire new payment processing system that would affect 9,000 units or to getting investors in so we can add on four or five and have a 40% growth in the company, that's not logical. So I can't do those things, right? And that sounds intuitive. That sounds simple. But when you're scaling, you need to look at all of these. And I call this a self-auditing. Audit your day, right? Audit all the actions that you're doing and say, is this where my time should be spent? Because there's a trade-off. What am I trading off to do this thing? 
And if you're sacrificing the big things to do the small things, you have to stop. And intuitively, that right, what I said before made sense, but then nobody executes on it. So the easiest way that I found, because I'll go for a while and then I'm like, wow, I'm not being effective. And it becomes harder at scale because I may do one thing that has a massive impact, but it may mm-hmm. take me a while to do that one thing. So I need to understand the activity level, that my activities that are leading me to make those big moves. But I still I'll get like where I go, man, I'm not being very efficient or whatnot every few months. And it's like, <laughs> I need to audit myself. Yeah. No, I was, dude, it's funny because I was talking to you about this just the other day. Um, it was right before your, your vacation. And um, I was telling you, uh, Kaylee and I were talking about just all these things and the processes and all these things we're, we're kind of still in the process of building out and figuring out, which is awesome. This is really cool. But there's these certain things that, you know, small and big things and just everything combined into one with us playing all these multiple roles that are kind of starting to compound where, you know, you know like, like I was telling you and, and her, it's like, I didn't feel like I was giving everything that I could, like I should be towards the things that really needed that attention. And I wasn't being as effective and efficient, just like you're talking about, as I should be and um, doing the best job that I that I could. And I feel like the company absolutely deserves, right? Yeah. And uh, so it's interesting because you have to, you have to really start looking at that because if you have those issues and they start to compound on top of each other, then certain, you, you, you end up in a really, really unfortunate situation because you have so many things that haven't been getting done and you're spinning your wheels and you're not effective, you're not efficient. And, yeah. and again, just like you're, you're and then talking you stop about being even efficient on the small things. Exactly. Nothing. You're and not doing anything. Exactly. And then you're, you're done. Yeah. It, it's you, you grind yourself into the ground and, and, and it's not fun it's anymore. Over. No. Yeah. And then too, like, yep. you get this like mild, almost like depression where you're going, I'm just not good. Like, yeah, you're like, yeah. and you're like sitting here because you're like, not, suck. you're not doing good at yeah, anything. Right. Exactly. It's like, I feel like I'm failing at things all the time. And, you know, I had this a long time ago when I was like, wow, AJ, you're right. You really suck at certain things. So why are you doing them? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I shouldn't be doing them. What am I doing here? It just makes me feel bad. <laughs> it's and the in results there. are not good. Yeah. I need to be doing the things that I'm good at here. Um, well, and but again, even if you're good at them and they're those little things that you shouldn't be spending you your still time gotta on, let them like, go. freaking get them out of there. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like Sam, right? Like, you know, oh my gosh. Like, working on like computer issues. And yeah. we're like, you're a CFO, you need some work. And now we've hired Jesse. And we're like, oh, that's just amazing. So Seriously? we hired a full time like, technical person to work on it. So the entire office this week yeah. has just been like super giddy. Because Jesse, our, our new tech guy, has been here, and everybody's just jacked about it. And I'm sure, like, of anyone, Sam is probably the most jacked oh, about it. Because, uh, I mean, tech issues, obviously, is, are just ongoing every day with everything, especially across multiple states with multiple facilities yeah. and everything else. I mean, the 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 issues are endless. And so, uh, yeah, that's a great asset yeah. and, to and, have. And this goes sure. back to your chart. Take it on your chart. So, you have yeah. two things you look at. Difficulty, importance, Right. And you have to combine that with the impact level. So the CFO working because a computer doesn't isn't turning on at a location. Or a printer. Or a printer or like, whatever it is. Like, how important is that? Well, it's not that important, <laughs> right? Um, how difficult is it? It's actually probably not that difficult either. Uh, and our CFO who has – we're waiting on uh, underwriting approvals for a, you know $8 million acquisition is tied up on that, mm-hmm. Right. 
you know, you say these things out loud and you're like, yeah, I should have done this like two years ago. Right? <laughs> it's just like, uh, that just sounds freaking terrible. <laughs> terrible. So <laughs> these are your growing pains. And these are the things that happen. And you'll look back and go, why didn't we do that years ago? Right. Yeah. And that sounds so dumb because we're already at a level where that should have been done a long time ago. But what we did is we hired it. Uh, we outsourced all that work. The problem was, was the outsource wasn't keeping up with mm -hmm. what was happening. Yeah. And so there was still that spillover. So we thought we'd fixed a problem that that we hadn't. So, I, I, you know, really what we're hoping is you're seeing how these processes work. And as you scale, understanding how to, first of all, build a foundation that can last. Second of all, measure. Measure what needs to be done. And there needs to be a, a system of measurement, right? Importance, difficulty, right? And then impact. What is your role? What creates the biggest impact? How, how important are certain things? How difficult are they? And then to resolve them, you hire, you automate, or you get rid of. And so you need to have a audit system where you audit yourself. And the audit system needs to have those frameworks of impact and measurement, okay? Because you need to have realms in which to make these decisions and to guide them so it's consistent through the whole thing. And then as you scale... Right, you're building out those processes, so you're you're um, putting people in place to make sure that the things execute. As you get bigger and bigger, when you get out of whack, you're not feeling good about things. Re-audit yourself, put yourself back up, find those constraints, um, those blockades within mm. your business, within your deal flow, where you're not executing, right, um, and take care of them. But the 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 take caring take care of part is this important part. When we say take care of. It's really, really important that you do this correct because this becomes infrastructure in the business to scale. And so you need to be able to um, hire slow, fire fast, and you need to be able to identify people and put them in the right seat on the buses. And you need to understand which people should be working on the business versus in it. And if they're working in it, they need to be specialized. And there also needs to be uh, quality control measures for you to measure. So mm -hmm. all of these things come into play. Right. And you need to make sure that if you're the one at the seat or if you're the one steering the ship, right, you're focusing on where that ship is flipping going and you mm -hmm. need to be able to not be dealing with those smaller things. So that's kind of how sure. I look at scale. That's how we build it out. Those are our tips and, and tricks on how to do it correctly, how to measure it and how to guide it. Um, well, the beautiful but, thing, too, is, is nowadays it's never been easier to hire people, bring in third parties or whatever it might be, whether you need to, I mean, go out and I, I don't know how many thousands of virtual assistants or VAs there are out there that you can hire out to do a lot of these things, like like delinquency calls or whatever that might be, yes. to take those little things off your plate that really, at the end of the day, not only break even, but actually make you more money. Yeah. I mean, it's a exactly. great investment. And, uh, or, I mean, we've even used in, interns for a lot of things yeah. too. So there's a lot of different options out there, especially as you're getting started and growing. Uh, there's a lot of avenues to get those things done without a huge additional cost of hiring a full-time employee with benefits and all these other things that maybe yeah. you're thinking there's no way I could do that. Yeah. So definitely a ton of different ways. And, and two, you're going to have to do it on your own when you start. Right. It's good. But like Connor said, I mean, when we got started, there was no way to know what was going on at the facility until we literally like walked over there to see. It's like, I didn't <laughs> have any, I guess like, exactly. So, you know, we have so many tools to scale. Um, it's, it, it's amazing. And it's a great, great time to do it. It is. Well, speaking of tools and scaling and doing great things, 
Janus International's got a really awesome setup as far as technology and what they offer. Uh, again, scalability, tracking data, and uh, building out your company to last. Uh, Janus has a lot of really good systems and processes and technology for you to do that. And um, we're talking automation for your facility or even upgrades to your facility, any of that kind of stuff. They've got all kinds of things. The roots are in uh, metal fabrication and doors, and uh, they... In the, I don't know, several years ago, they ended up purchasing a company called Noki, and uh, it's a keyless entry system technology that you can retrofit to facilities or just build into uh, new facilities that you may be developing. Fantastic equipment, fantastic option for you guys to uh, bring your facility to the next level and attract those ideal customers that you want at your facility. And the uh, link is in the show notes. Be sure to check them out. Look at everything that they've got going on. They have, they're always upgrading their systems or always upgrading their products and their equipment and uh, a lot of really exciting things going on over there at Janus. So check them out. And uh, again, talking about starting out, you guys might be looking to finance and uh, Live Oak Bank, our, our partner there, our sponsor for uh, the podcast, Live Oak Bank, they do a fantastic job of knowing the storage industry. They come from storage. They have their backgrounds. They have the expertise. They know how to underwrite. It's not you having to walk them through and show them how something is going to be or work or this or that or talk them into it. They know the storage industry and they know what's a good deal and a bad deal. And they're, they're experts at underwriting storage. And uh, they also have some really rad SBA programs going on right now. Uh, again, this is uh, we're in April 2021. They have some really awesome incentives for the SBA programs going on until September of this year. So if you're looking at or even considering uh, an SBA loan for any of your facilities or any of that kind of stuff, get at them, check it out. And uh, again, links in the show notes. Go over there, see what they have to offer. Talk to Terry Campbell over there at Live Oak and uh, let him know that uh, you heard heard about Live Oak on the podcast here. A lot of really great people over there just ready to ready and willing to help you execute on on a on a great deal. So, yeah. check them out. Remember guys, scaling everything, you got to have partners in place 100%. to help you, and these are some of the best. So, everybody, don't forget save the date. Go yes. to the website Self Storage Income Get that done. Email us if the registry button's not up there now. Say, hey, I want to save my spot or, or put me on the list to get more information. All that good stuff. We're getting the information out. We'll send it out to everybody. We'll obviously be talking about this more, um, but it will fill up fast. We do not have very many uh, seats, and this is the first time we've even talked about it. So yep. get out there, everybody. Appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.